This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Justin and her last name is very interesting. Patty Atias? No, I'm totally messing that up. Justin, say how you say it, how you say that correctly. Patantius. Patantius. Wow. <laughs> I feel I'm go. in the I'm in the presence of a magical woman. And she is magical because she helps creative business owners manifest their dreams and help them their new business come into reality. And she's done that with more than 30 businesses, from startups to eight-figure businesses and solopreneurs. She is really a business birthing genius. And we are going to be talking about some important things. And in a moment, we're going to talk about why this is important. And if you've got 17 things on your to-do list and you're thinking, do I have time to listen to this? We'll explain why this is probably far more important than any of those 17 items on your to-do list. So we're going to look at how you can easily move during a business transition. If you're pivoting your business or creating a new business, and we're also going to look at lessons she's got from assisting at the birth of more than 30 new businesses. Now, a lot of people, entrepreneurs, you know, you've created one business or two or maybe four or five. Pretty rare for an entrepreneur to have been involved in 30 business creations. So she has a lot of wisdom from that that she's going to share. And then also, we're going to look at what season am I in and what season is my business in and why that is so crucial for success these days. And something you may not have considered in your business and in yourself, you know, do you go with the flow or are you going against it and it's struggling in your work? And also how to successfully navigate the unknown in your business with peace and calm. So much we have to deal with as entrepreneurs and business leaders. We don't know all the answers ahead of time. We have to make, you know, decisions and act without having full information, without knowing everything. So I think that is critical. But I'm going to come to the most important question, uh, which I alluded to earlier, which um, why, is all, why are all these things important now, Justine? What a wonderful question to get us started today. And thank you so much, Michael, for having me on. I'm so excited about this conversation because now is a time of immense transition from a planetary perspective. Like when we look globally, so many things are shifting. Governments, the way that business is handled from a corporate perspective, companies are changing. You know, we have the the rise of Uber and Airbnb and all of these crowdsourced ways of getting things done. And they're really challenging the status quo. And I think the, cha- the status quo is being challenged all over the place, which means there's just an immense amount of transition and chaos that's happening. And, and for some, it's a very scary thing. And for others, like we're going to talk about today, it's a wealth of opportunity. Um, and change can be a scary thing. And it always means that there's something new and exciting on the other side. There, you know, change is both a threat and an opportunity. So some people listening here, their businesses are going to decline or go out of business because they aren't listening to their intuition as to how to navigate these changes and chaos. Other people 
are going to be able to navigate the change and chaos and make incredible new strides in their business and have you know more profits, more joy, um, and spread the message of their business to more people. And that's a choice we can make at this point with, with all this chaos and change and crazy times that are going on. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to, are we going to awaken to the possibilities and opportunities, or are we going to stick our head in the sand and pretend that everything's going to continue going the way it always has been? And it's, it's, a, it's a choose your own adventure kind of a pathway. Mm. So it's so easy to just put our heads in the sand and have resistance. And I, I know that's one of the things you work on with people is identifying and releasing resistance they have. So wh- why shouldn't people just ignore the changes? Ultimately, it comes down to survival. Do you want your business to survive? Do you want to thrive in the face of all of the changes that are happening or do you want to get swept up in a wave and just carried out to sea without having any sort of choice or ability to direct where you're headed in the future? And, and I know if, it's, if I'm asking myself that question, it's like I, if I'm going to hop in a boat, like I want to I paddle. I want to be able to steer. And if you have your, if you have your head in the sand, you just can't steer. <laughs> That is an amazing, yeah, I can see that. I can see if I'm the ostrich with my head in the sand, my, I'm not going to be able to steer the boat of my business. Even though pulling my head out of the sand might be slightly scratchy and irritating. <laughs> yeah, you might, you might end up with some, some kernels of sand in your eyeballs and some falling out of your ears and maybe some in your hair as well. But then ultimately you shake your head, you shake all the sand off and you take a look around at your surroundings and you say, where am I now? And what are my opportunities and where do I want to go? Is that one of the things you help people do when they're birthing a new business or a new project in their business? Help them get out of the sand of resistance and shake it off and, and then be excited to steer in the new direction? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and for most of my clients, they, they have a vision you know, and most business owners do, you know, <laughs> ideas, a lack of ideas is never the issue. It's just with all of the time that we have or the lack thereof, if we're depending on how many things are kind of on the dock at any point in time, sometimes it's just like pulling your head out of the sand. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting under a pile of so much stuff. Like which direction do I even go in? Um, and so part of it is like, if you were wearing, it's almost like you were in like under a pile of clothing or something, you have to like take all of these pieces off and then be like, okay, now I feel lighter. And now I feel like I'm not under the weight of all of this stuff. Like now what? And so there, there's definitely a process of saying, what am I not going to do? And in the, in that process, getting really clear on what is the path and the two happen at the same time. It's not like like the the taking off the, of all of the weighty clothing or whatever has been piled on top of someone, like that is happening at the same time of this digging into the nuance of 
the path that's being laid out. So it's a, yeah, both a lightning and a, an orientation at the same time. Mm. I love that idea of taking the weighty clothing of resistance to birthing a new business idea or a new enterprise. Because I, I think we've all experienced that, that you know, we, we take two steps forward and one step back, or, or maybe it's two steps forward and seven steps back, depending on exactly what's happening. Um, so having someone to assist with that who has more experience in birthing a new business um, can mean we take two steps forwards and no steps back. <laughs> so. Yeah, or two steps forward and a half a step back just to make sure you've taken the right two steps forward. You know, there's that, there's that checking of where are my feet planted and did I take the step in the right direction? And when you take the time to verify that and be really solid in that, there's so much more confidence that's built. And I think it's also a great opportunity to talk about the intuitive piece because I tell you, it's so easy when you talk to somebody, at least this is, I'll just claim it as my experience, when a business owner has three or four or five ideas that are all kind of jumbling around in their brain at a given time, and I start to talk to them about those ideas and which one they feel like is the next thing, the next one, the next pathway, it's often very clear from an outside standpoint, which one of those their heart really lies in and which one mm. they're going to have the energy to, to bring forth. Uh, but our mind can, the ego can really step in and say, well, I should do this. Or, you know, I, I think this is going to be more lucrative and to be making decisions from that standpoint, rather than, you know, my heart is really calling to this thing that I feel so passionate and energized by. Um, so it's, it's very easy to get caught in the, this idea versus that idea. Uh, mm. especially, especially, you know, you can't see the forest or the trees when you're right in the middle of everything. So I, I totally resonate and get that idea of both heart and head need to be involved in, in deciding what steps to take in my business. And for some people listening, they may be so used to like, you've just got to run the numbers and go with that and grit your teeth. What's wrong with that approach? What, what kind of things can that lead to? Well, I, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think there's some really important components of that. Like running the numbers is really important. You want to be doing those kind of things. Um, but we humans, like we, I think we're a fickle kind of species. Like there's a lot of emotions that can come up. And, you know, when you're gritting your teeth, you're already putting yourself in a position of being in a path of resistance. Because if you're gritting your teeth, there's no flow, there's no energy. And we humans are energetic beings. Like we, to get things done, like the energy has to be flowing. You know, we have to be in good health. I think health and energy have a lot to do with things. So if we're consistently putting ourselves on the path of doing things that we don't like to do and doing things that aren't alive within us as individuals, then what we're doing is putting ourselves in a position where like over time, we're actually going to make ourselves sick. And many entrepreneurs have done that and learned the lesson of, you know, pushing, pushing, forcing, forcing, doing, doing without sitting back and really tuning in to your own desires, wants, like 
what's alive inside of me and that inner inquiry, you're basically putting yourself on a pathway to failure or a pathway to significantly compromising your own health and ability to do the kind of work that you really want to do. And, and for me, I, I think there really has to be an integration between, you know, what's alive inside of me and doing the work of saying, okay, who is, who's my market? Like, what are the numbers? What's the, what's the potential? What's the possibility? So it's not one or the other, but it's really, it's really both. And using the great tools of business skills and running numbers, planning, really understanding how things are going to be structured. And at the same time saying, okay, I'm a human element in this. What am I called to do? Who do I want to help? What's going to make me feel excited to get out of bed in the morning and serve? Mm. Because then not only will we make money, but we will have more joy which I think is a forgotten aspect many have. You know, we, we're so focused on the profit and loss and the tasks being done. Sometimes we forget, I don't have a name for this, but like, you know, the joy and hate balance sheet or, you know, how much joy does, does this business and these tasks give us? And paying attention to that not only makes the business more joyful and us healthier, like you were saying, but I think it actually makes it more abundant, you know, makes more profit too. I, I always find it easier to, to do work and get deals done if I'm full of joy. And other people want to work with me if I'm joyful about my business. So I think this is a critical input component that you're talking about here. Yeah, I I can 100% everything that you just said, same, same. <laughs> and <laughs> a question that I ask myself and my clients a lot is, what would make this fun? And that's a beautiful question that I received from... Nisha Moodley, who is a, a wonderful mentor, someone I've been following for about four years and uh, just started working with earlier this year. But she has just been such an inspiration in asking that question. And literally, I have it stuck on a post-it note in, under my whiteboard in front of my computer. And I look at that and asking that question again and again, what would make this fun? Even if I'm doing something that's part of my business that I, that I don't love doing, then it's not my favorite thing to do. I can bring, I can still bring more joy to the task by asking what would make this fun. And sometimes it's just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stand up and listen to some music for a few minutes and like dance around before I do this, or I'm going to make myself a really nice mug of, of tea, or I'm going to look at this beautiful picture that I have sitting next to my desk, or I'm going to set a timer for 15 minutes and make it a game. So there's so many different ways that aspects of fun can be brought into work in the way that even the things that aren't so fun can be way more fun than you think. Mm. I love that question. What would make this task fun? And that, that's somewhat similar to the thing I'm always asking, what would it take? You know, I, so what would it take for this task to be fun would uh, often be what I would ask. Um, and I think it makes an enormous difference just to have our intuition. Because what happens when you ask what would make this fun is it's not just your, our rational mind, but our intuitive mind um, you know, can speak up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that came up for me as you were 
just talking is like, at least something I believe is and something I feel very strongly about. I don't want to sacrifice joy. I want my life to be joyful and I want other Mm -hmm. people to experience joyful lives. Mm -hmm. I believe that when we're all having more fun in our life, we're inherently doing more of the work that we like doing. We're creating connections with more of the people that we want to be connected to. And that leads to a greater sense of harmony and enjoyment in our own lives. And, and to me, like the point of life is to enjoy and experience things. And it doesn't mean that we're always, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. Like we're, you know, we have emotions, we go through our ups and downs. Like there's, there's a certain amount of roller coastering that's going to happen for any of us. And at the same time, even if I'm having a day that's feeling challenging, I can still go outside, look at the blue sky and say, wow, what a gift it is to be here. Like these Mm. things might feel like they're heavy in my life right now, but that doesn't, that doesn't take away my gratitude for being here and living the experience. I mean, that sort of comes to one of the other things we're going to talk about, which is the seasons of our life or day. You know, what season am I in right now? What season is my business in? And if, if, the season is summer and we're, you know, picking the fruit from our business or the season is winter and we're retrenching and reevaluating. We can still appreciate our business in that season. So tell us a bit more about seasons of our business or seasons of ourself and why that's important to know and, and understand. Yeah. Thanks so much for bringing that, that piece in because if, and I'll just say why this is important. And it's because if we're if we're in a season, let's say we're in winter and what we really want is summer, you know, we're, re- we're resisting the reality of our current situation and that inherently creates friction, like the resistance, like I don't want to be where I am. So I'm just going to be mad about it, or I'm going to try and force something and I'm going to try all these different things, but they're not really going to work. And it's almost like if you're in the middle of winter, you know, you're probably not skipping down to the local pond in your bathing suit, you know, with towel in hand and your sunscreen bottle in the other saying, woohoo, like you're going to stick your head out of your house and you're going to go, yeah, it's cold. I'm putting on a sweater and I'm going to, I'm going to grab a mug of coffee and I'm going to stand and read a book. Like you're going to take it a little easy. Um, and what happens when we come to a place where we're aware of where we are personally, in our, in our seasons and rhythms and where our businesses in its seasons and rhythms, it allows us to bring a, a new level of awareness to what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it honors the rhythms that are inherent. So, you know, you're not going to expect an apple tree to have fruit on it all year long. You know, there's a period of time at the end of winter you know, then the buds arrive and then you start to see the little green leaves. And then, then the apple blossoms come and the bees come and pollinate those apple blossoms. And then the fruit starts to grow. And there's this period of time, you know, the, the weather is warm and the fruit is growing and growing and growing. And then at the end of the summer, like the apples are ripe and, and luscious and 
red or green or yellow, depending on what kind of apple they are. And then there's the season of harvesting. And then you expect the, the tree to drop its, so it drops its fruit, then it drops its leaves. And then it goes into a place of quiet for a few months as there is the turning over into the next season. And so there are similar patterns and rhythms in our lives and our businesses. And, and so for a lot of entrepreneurs that I both know and have worked with as clients, there's often periods of time where it feels like there's no inspiration. You know, you might be doing the work that you've always done and feel like, okay, there's going to be a new season that arrives for me, but it hasn't come yet. And there can be a lot of frustration and impatience in this season because it's like, well, I want it to happen now. Like I want these new ideas to be taking off now. And you may feel the seeds of them inside of you ready ready to grow, but you'll never be able to stand over a seed and yell at it to grow faster because it just doesn't <laughs> work like that. I, I just seeing a business person standing over the seed, you know, frustrated because the seed isn't growing and it isn't producing fruit right now. And yet if they went with the flow and, you know, they were nurturing the seed at that time, then, you know, when they, the season, when the energy was right, the season was right, they can be picking the fruit. And the point is, it, it uses a lot of energy and struggle to go against the natural seasons. It, it's not impossible. You can do it. You can, you can build a greenhouse and heat the greenhouse and have things, you know, a, a, an apple tree blossom and fruit in the middle of winter. You know, if you put artificial light on it and did all kinds of other things, but that's a lot of energy and a lot of time. Or you could have a lot of struggle, frustrated that your business wasn't doing certain things when it's in a different season. Uh, and I think a lot of us experience that, that we just wear ourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the wearing out is is definitely a common theme that I've seen. Um, and for a lot of business owners, it's almost like they push and they push and they push until they get so tired that they surrender. And then they realize, oh, it's just a timing thing. It's not time yet. The seed hasn't germinated. So they go back to, you know, tending to the seed and usually doing the work that they've always done. That's their bread and butter and waiting for the right moment for the season to turn. And and for a lot of business owners, that winter season means introspection and self-care and tending to that inner patience muscle, which can be so challenging since so many business owners are ambitious, creative, talented, smart, successful people. And to not have something go the way that you want it to go at the pace you want it to go <laughs> can be something that's very frustrating. But when you can break through that wall of frustration and come to a place of acceptance around, oh, like this is just the season that my business is in. Like nothing is actually wrong. It's just a matter of patience and waiting for the season to turn. Life and business can become a lot more enjoyable. And then it's not like you're pushing, 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 forcing, trying to move against the tide or the rhythm you're just sinking into what is. 
So is are these business seasons, you know, annual like the seasons on the earth are, or is it a different time frame? And is it the same for every business or different or that is such a great question. I'm so I'm so glad you asked it, uh, because the answer to that from my own experience in watching um, so many people go through these phases is it's different for everybody. And it definitely doesn't match the calendar year or the seasons that we experience ourselves uh, in terms of like every season being about three months. Um, and our seasons may not consistently be the same amount of time. I mean, some people may go into a, a winter of two years and then emerge into a summer that quickly goes, you know, spring quickly goes into a three-year summer or a four-year summer or a seven-year summer. But it really, I mean, it really just depends on the person. And I think it can also change depending on the time of life someone is in. So seasons for someone in their 20s might be a little bit different than seasons for someone in their 40s or 50s. Um, so yeah, the, the bottom, the bottom line is it's different for everybody. And so there's a lot of, I mean, it's important to look at your own life and cycles, uh, and see what kind of patterns you can discern from your own previous experiences of trying new ideas, finding new ideas, birthing mm. new businesses. Um, and so it's really a call to observe your own life. Mm. And, and is this something you help, you know, someone new to this idea or identify what season they're in and what makes sense for that season? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, especially for me, like most of the, most of the clients I work with are at the end of a winter and on the brink of spring. So they've had ideas that have been simmering, nurture, you know, being, being kind of tended to underneath the earth and they're ready to burst forth. So if someone's in a summer season, like they're not my client. Mm. So you're more of a winter gardener who helps people move into their spring and summer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, another way to, to consider this, I mean, I think the, the metaphor of being at the seasons of our business is, is, is great and, and seeing how that goes. Another way to, to look at it is the weather. You know, what's the energetic weather around my business right now? And do I need to put a raincoat on or do I need to put sunscreen on? You know? um, and you know, if for whatever reason it's raining and I'm, you know, I'm really determined for whatever reason to go out, I will put a, get an umbrella, you know, and I'll and put a raincoat on and I'll realize it may get a bit wet and it may be a bit more effort. Um, or I can find other activities to do that day that are more compatible with the, the current weather. And maybe you like dancing in the rain with no shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, obviously you were involved with Gene Kelly's uh, movie in some way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I do this myself in my business, you know, I, you know, I pay attention to the astrological energy, you know, is it a good day for communication? And if it's, if, if, 
you know, some of people listening may be aware of a thing called Mercury retrograde, which affects communication. And it, at that point, it's better to, to, you know, ideally you go inside and you don't go out in the rain. But if you do have to communicate or you've got some business deal to do, when I do that, I, I set intention that it's going to go well using what would it take and some of the other tools I use. And I also double check on a practical level, hey, was, you know, I'm extra careful about communication during those times. Yeah, it's so important to just to be conscious and aware of what are the different, like what's, what is the weather and how do I want to be interacting with this weather? And, you know, if there is a storm coming or if there's rain expected, you know, how do I need to prepare? And I think that's exactly what you were just talking about is how to prepare to step into whatever weather is, is uh, currently happening. Yeah. Because that, I mean, the whole point here is how can we make our businesses profitable, joyful, and easy instead of being, you know, a scarcity, struggling thing and, and gritting our teeth through doing stuff, which, which is how so many of us were brought up, that that's how business would be. A struggle. It's so, it's so hard. You have to work so hard. Yeah, that's like the overarching feeling. But when, yeah, I, I, I love, I love that invitation for joy and for ease and for approaching things in a different way. And I think when you tune into the weather and when you tune into the seasons, those are a couple of factors that make a di- big difference in terms of ease and joy. Because if you leave the house in the morning and you're not expecting rain or haven't checked if it is going to rain and maybe you don't like getting wet and then it starts downpouring, you're probably going to be like feeling a bit like a drenched cat and pretty miserable. Um, but if you check the weather and you're leaving the house and you're like, well, it's, it might rain today. So I'm going to grab my umbrella and I'm going to grab my raincoat. Then if the rain does roll in, you're like, cool, I'm just going to keep on going about my day. Yeah. So that's why I said being able to recognize the season or the weather your business is in is a crucial thing and is probably something to, to figure out before you plow down into the 17 tasks on your to-do list that you want to get done today. Yeah, absolutely. And let's just talk through a, a few of the ways that you might identify what season your business is in, because I, I bet some folks are asking themselves, what season is my business in? And let's start with winter. Uh, just because I actually really like the winter season because there's so much that happens beneath the surface. Um, But some of the qualities of winter are if you feel like you're not seeing a lot of change or growth happening, like it might be a feeling of stagnation. Um, It might be a feeling of things slowing down, um, which can sometimes be worrisome. And, And in some cases it is worrisome and important to pay attention to, but in other cases it's really about saying, like, is, is, there, is there a natural turning in that's happening where the wisdom and the learning that has happened through my business through the last seasons, like, is it ready for that? Is that knowledge, is it time for that to get kind of composted into the next iteration of what will be offered? And it can sometimes look like 
trying a number of ideas, but none of them really going anywhere. It can, it can look like maybe trying an idea on for size, but not really feeling the energy for it. Uh, those are all, those are all qualities of winter, kind of um, an internally focused rumination that is the overall, the overarching vibe of the business at the time. And then in mm-hmm. spring, do you have anything you want to add to that, Michael, from your experience? I I think, you know, going within and and that's the time when I might listen to my creative muse or my intuition for what seeds make sense. Because often I have far more ideas than I have time and energy and, and room in my garden to plant. <laughs> Um, and, and the practice I've been doing in the last year is an idea from Taylor Pearson of, of 90 day planning. I, I set a general, you know, I, I come up with whatever my general big vague goal is, what direction I'm going in. And I'll list out all the inspired ideas I get. You know, I might do a podcast on this or I might write articles or I might create a new product or, or whatever. But I, I fashion them as like experiments and I'm going to play with these things for 90 days and I'm going to go all in and be passionate with them. But then at the end of the 90 days, if they're not still passionate for me or they're not making money, I'm prepared to pivot on them and I don't have to keep doing them forever. Um, And then the other thing I do, you know, having generated a list of, you know, maybe it's 10 ideas for the quarter or, or maybe it's 30 is I will score them, you know, as to how much, money I have to put into them, how much energy I need to put into them, how much joy they're going to, I get from doing them, I think, um, and how much potential for profit they have. And I kind of add up the scores and, and consider the ones that, that have the top combined score. Um, and I also use my intuition. I'll feel down the list of possible things I could do and see where the list feels sticky that my intuition saying, yes, yes, ooh, do plant that seed. Because it probably knows something that I don't know, you know? Maybe doing a podcast takes quite a lot of effort and it's further down my list, even though it's joyful, but I'm going to meet really interesting people that take my business to the next level by doing that. And I I don't know that when I'm thinking of doing that task. Yeah, that's such a great way. I love this like kind of way of looking at ideas from the perspective of energy, joy, and financial investment, and then looking at the potential for, pro- for profit and then bringing through the intuitive layer. Um, and yes, that's a perfect winter activity. So then moving into springtime, let's say you've gone through that activity of identifying, okay, which of these ideas has the right balance of energy invested joy reaped, money invested, and then the potential for profit. And then it's really about like really growing those seeds. And so the spring season has a lot of energy that gets put in. Just like in in the springtime, you would be putting a lot of energy into a garden in terms of planting and weeding and, you know, putting into the the from a planning perspective, like, like where are these crops going to go or where are these crops going to go? And, you know, where on which side of the, of the property gets the most 
sunlight and, you know, what's the rotation for, for watering and, you know, how are we going to, to decide like which, which uh, seedlings that are growing are going to be the ones that actually get planted. So there's quite a lot of energy investment in the springtime. Um, and it's a lot of like consistently showing up to make sure the seedlings are growing and the growth is not being stunted. So it's talking, you know, if it's a, if it's a new business specifically or a new product, even really connecting with the target market, making sure that any of the idea, like the idea is just going through this constant, constant refinement, making sure that it's fitting what the market needs that like, all of the decks are going to be in a row for marketing and delivery and, you know, any systems that support it. So it's, it's really a time of like just intense building is how I see the springtime. It's very, it's very active. Mm. And then what about summer? What, and what, summer? How do we recognize in that season? Yeah. So summer's like, summer's when you have a completely like your, your full capacity, like your tree simply couldn't bear another apple. Like all of the apples are there and you just get to bask in the abundance of what you've created. And mm. so summer's a little bit more of a, you kind of expand into the work that you've put in. Um, and for some business owners, this can also be challenging because it's almost like I should be doing more. I, there should be mm. something that I, that I need to be doing, right? Instead of just like mm-hmm. relaxing in, especially if you work with one-on-one clients, that kind of thing. If you have a full roster, like just sit back and enjoy doing the work and reaping the benefits of all of that previous tending and and seed planting that you've already done, like there's just got to relax into it. And traditionally in summer, you know, people who work on, on the, on the earth in, in farms, you know, and I'm thinking not mechanical farms. I'm thinking of a few hundred years ago, summer is when they would celebrate and see, you know, celebrate the abundance of their farm or their business. Exactly. I'm so glad you mentioned celebration. Yes. Celebrate. Celebrate. It's, it's the time to, it's the time to look at all of the hard work that you've done and all of the consistency and love that you've put into your work. Like it's coming back to you. So receive it. So there's a celebration and there's a receiving. So the fourth season is autumn. How do we recognize that we're in that season? So we can recognize that we're in autumn from a few different perspectives. And, and one of them is you might start to feel like, oh, there's going to be something new that wants to come. And so you're starting to feel the need to create some space. And so you might decide that you're going to start working with less clients or maybe you're going to ramp down a service that you're doing. So there's, there's this period where you actually start to create the space by like 
you've harvested all your apples and now you're moving into a quieter season where you're going to start to prepare to be in winter. So you'll be a little less active. And I know I'm speaking specifically to service business perspective of this, but the same thing can happen if you, if you're offering maybe a software or a product, there's still going to be those rhythms in terms of maybe you've talked to so many clients that you now know that there are some shifts that need to be made. And so you're in the process of synthesizing and getting and deciding, okay, what is that direction going to be? And so there's this, Mm. yeah, slowing down and allowing all of that information to settle so that the pivots or the changes can be made. Hmm. So it's it's getting ready for the winter season where you're going to reassess things, starting to to clean up stuff so it's not an energy drag when you're doing that winter assessment. Yeah. So it might be sitting down and really looking through different processes or uh, how your team is supporting you. Um, yeah, just really going through a, a review. It's the, it's the mm. review of the summer crop. <laughs> so one thing I'm kind of curious about, you said that these can be, you know, they, the seasons for a business may not be an equal length of time. You know, you might have a year of summer and two months of autumn or vice versa. And I'm assuming from one cycle to the next, you know, it, it might be when you get into the next season cycle for your business maybe summer's only three months that time is is that correct or is it always the same amount of time every cycle yeah i think it's going to differ based on the business like uh, uh an example that popped into my head is um of course murray forleo just finished her b-school launch and so the way that i would look at it is her her launch time is her spring mm. and then the course is delivered and that's summer. So that goes on for about eight weeks. And then they go into their review process time of any changes they want to make. And then they go into a winter period. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of quiet. I mean, she still produces Q and a Tuesdays and that kind of thing, but there's kind of this underneath the surface kind of feeling. And then you start to get the signs of spring again, you know, affiliates start cropping up and, um, and then there's kind of the whole, like, out in the open, like, here's what's available. And so for her business, I mean, she, at this point, she's on a pretty consistent flow. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's, her course is specific. And the business itself, uh, I would say from a, from a kind of high-level standpoint, I would say the business is in a summer period. So she, because she has a launch cycle, she's, you know, the seasons of that are, are fairly well constructed. Right. Um, but in, a, in another business that's maybe more fluid or something new is emerging, it, it could be completely different. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, what's, what's useful to mention is just like we experience seasons from a physical standpoint, you know, when we're moving into a spring period, I mean, I'll speak from 
my context of growing up in New England and the United States is, I mean, early spring, I mean, you can still have snow, you know, things can be cold and wet and kind of uncomfortable (laughs) from a physical standpoint. And it's the same thing. So even when you're in kind of a winter into spring process, I mean, there are some days that are going to feel like winter and there are some days that are going to feel like summer. And so there's just this back and forth that happens. Like it's not steady. It's not a steady change. It's like a, it's a gradual change, but that change ebbs and flows. Mm. And and is there any advantage in detecting what seasons are occurring for your prospective clients Uh, and synchronizing your business seasons with that? Yeah, I think it's, it's useful to, it's useful to know where in your client, where in your client's cycle do you serve them? And maybe you serve them in all their cycles, but I think it's useful to, to know that specifically because when you talk to someone who might be a prospective client, if you find out what season they're in and you immediately know they're not in the right season, you can say, Hey, you know, I'm really not the one to talk to you right now. Or you can develop your marketing materials to really reflect the season that they'll be in. And so there's, there's a lot of time that you can save and in kind of energy and friction, if you're aware of not only your own season, your business season, but the season they'll be in and, and bringing those all together in this wonderful soup pot of seasons meeting. Mm. So, I mean, many, yeah, I mean, many people because of the school system are accustomed that they're, when they get active is September, you know, when school starts. Yeah. And that's not just for children, that's for their parents. And, and even people who don't have children, you know, there is this kind of awakening that happens in September um, for new launches. So tying into that can be, you know, is what a lot of businesses do to be successful. Yeah. But, but it may be that your industry or clients has, has a different set of seasons. So um, being aware of those is good. Yeah, I think I think the key thing is not to assume that that your seasons are exactly the same as everyone else's, and to allow the allow the possibility that your seasons might be a little bit out of sync with the way that every you know the majority of people you see their seasons are going. Um, you know, maybe maybe your clients are people that get really active in the spring instead of the fall, and so it's it's again, another reason to really know who you're serving and understand their rhythms. And so that you can, you can serve them from that perspective, because that again, allows for more ease and joy. And at the end of the day, that lovely profit. Right. Because if you, if you go with this energy, it just makes everything go easier. Yeah. So as, as well as the seasons, um, you know, I, as I said earlier, I, I check in on the, like the astrological energy. And of course, as, if you're ever into astrology, you know, it's not like the stuff in the newspapers, you know, everyone has their own personal astrology based on their exact location they were born and uh, the date and time of their birth, as does our business. You know, where, where was our business incorporated and what was the exact date and time at that location? Um, 
And if you work with a professional astrologer, they're going to give you way more detailed info than you're ever going to get from reading a newspaper or magazine. Um, and But it is possible to like see what the general trends are. And, and one of the resources I've used for that is uh, a book called The Good Timing Guide by Madeline Gerwick. So I'll put that in the show notes because she kind of simplifies it down into like, you know, is today good for communication? Is it good for contracts? Is it good for marketing? Is it good for starting new uh, projects? And and I don't always, you know, I look at the weather, astrological weather. If I don't like it, I'll do what would it take or connect to the light or other tools to like take my astrological umbrella with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love I, so, I love that. So let's talk about some of the lessons you've learned in birthing, you know, over 30 businesses from startups to $10 million businesses. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things we need to pay attention there when we're, we're starting a new business or, or a new, you know, a new launch or a new project? It's a great question. And, and I think the, one of the biggest things that you can do is have self-awareness. And that might be a little bit obvious, but from, I say that from the perspective of when you tune into where you're at and where your energy is and what's needed in that moment and really work on focusing your energy rather than diffusing it, being aware of things that might be distractions versus things that support the business mission going forward. Um, you can make a lot more joyful, ease-filled headway than if you were just to try and go about building a business like you were taking a, a battering ram to, a, I don't know, a, a drawbridge in the Middle Ages. Um, and I, I'm thinking of a, a client that I'm working with right now, and she has a lot going on. She doesn't. She has a new business that she's really excited. She's in. Um, she's just coming into a spring period around it, and she doesn't have much time to work on it. But I tell you, the time that she does have, she is making huge strides, and I think. One of the best things to remember, because so many business owners, when they're creating something new, they have other things going on and time can always be or feel like a huge barrier, a hindrance. But just to remember, even if you have a handful of hours during the week, like make the most of those hours and like you're slowly and surely going to move through that spring season. Mm. So... If if I'm going to be birthing a new business idea, does that mean I should like be topping up my to-do list and being really active? Or should it mean I'm trimming it down and and being more, you know, surrendering? I would be trimming it down. I would be trimming it down to tune into what's really needed and any actions that you're taking, have them be from a very grounded and inspired place. So before you take that step, like we talked about the two step, two steps forward, hopefully no steps back, you can, you can do those two steps forward, no steps back 
if you've taken the time to sink in and really ask how the pieces are fitting together, what's the timing, what's the flow, what would make this fun? And then when you take the step, you know, you're taking the right step. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to do all of these things and like this and that and websites and marketing and, and like, if you, it's almost like if you're, when you're starting something new, you, you could think about it like building a fire. And so when you build a fire, you know, those, when those first couple of sparks catch, it's a, it's a very tender time for those flames. Because if you were to drop a huge log on it at that point, like the fire is going to go out. Like it's not going to be a fire that catches and sustains and burns for a long time. And so it's really about making sure that all of that kindling has caught and is burning consistently before you start to add those bigger pieces in. So it's the same thing. If you, if you have this idea, if you throw a bunch of ideas, like tasks and to do's on top of it, it's like you're, you're, you, you can quell that spark. You can kill that spark. And so it's, it's about saying, okay, what's going to fuel, what's going to fuel the fire. So it burns for a long time and take that step, take that step and continue to tune in and you'll know when it's time to add a big log on. Yeah, because if you add the big log, or if you have a, some kindling, I don't know if any of us were Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts making fires, but I know from my experience, if you try and throw too big a log on too soon, it puts the fire out. <laughs> exactly. Or if you put the wrong kind of wood on, maybe it's green and not dry and ready to burn. Yeah, so there's a number, there's a number of, of factors. So it's definitely paring down the to-do list in the beginning until that, until that kindling is burning and ready to accept that bigger log. Mm. And, you know, so many of us are so used to being, you know, we, we're supposed to, if we're in business, we're supposed to be busy, right? It's in the name. <laughs> and, and in modern entrepreneurs, there's this pride that's taken that they're always hustling which is another code name for being busy. And the thing is, when you're birthing a new idea, if I'm getting this right from what you've explained, um, if you have too many things in your to-do list and you, and you try and be too busy, you may end up having a lot of activity, but a, a lot of that activity will be not steps in the right direction. And you'll take two steps forward and seven steps back. And you, you'll feel like you're real busy and you're like using up a lot of energy and you're tired out, but you actually went backwards. Exactly. Yeah. It's something to really be aware of. Like, are, don't just add on tasks and do them for the sake of, of that, like feeling of busyness or feeling of movement. It's about the combination of the right activities and movement that is fueled by tuning in and knowing like, okay, this is the right timing. This is the right thing. Yeah. Cause otherwise you can run yourself all about town and, you know, get back and not have much to show for it. So we're talking about movement, you know, if, if you have a business transition, you know, maybe you're pivoting or doing some other change, how, how do you move easily during those transition times? I think slowing, slowing down is actually one of the crucial steps because to make a pivot, it can take a lot of energy. 
And so to make sure you're making the right pivot, like when you slow down, you can make sure that your, your feet are landing in the right place. Mm. So instead of frantically dancing around, you, you, you know, you're taking some steps in a, in a dance going in the direction you want to go in. Precisely. Yep. So it's not about like doing a whole bunch of activity, but asking, am I doing the right activity? Is this the right time? And moving and slowing down so that you can see how all the details are coming together. Like how are all the pieces weaving themselves into creating this new thing that, that I've been dreaming about that I'm now in the process of realizing and the realization process goes so much more smoothly when it's done at a slower pace. Mm. Now, I, I've, I remembered there's a question I wanted to ask you about seasons. You, you said the seasons of your um, you know, prospects or clients may not be the same as, as your business, although you might want to align them. And then the seasons for different businesses can be different. And, and even the, the length of the seasons for your own business may change from cycle to cycle. And all that makes sense. But then what about, do, do we as individuals have seasons as well as our business? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one really great distinction in that is to know that we might be in different seasons with different parts of ourselves. Like we might, we might be in a kind of a spiritual winter, but in a relational summer. Mm. And so there's... So, uh, so we really might... We might and our business might be in another season entirely. Yeah, exactly. So there's a number a number of levels of nuance that we can go into in terms of looking at our own lives and and you know, looking at those different areas whether it's, you know, physical health, emotional health, um, mental health, you know, the health of our relationships that the, you know, if we have a significant other, what's what's that relationship? versus you know our relationship with our family so there might Mm. be a number of different seasons that are happening concurrently um but then we can you know if we look at all of those together we can decide you know where where are we in our own in our own journey like as an individual and some of that may impact i think if you're someone who runs a very small business, like a, like a micro business or you're a solar solopreneur, I think from my experience, the, the individual, the individual, the season, the individual is in is going to map much more closely to the season of the business. Now I, my mind is being a bit blown here because not only can I pick up the season, my business is in and, and align what I tasks I do there. I can do that for my health, for my relationship, for my spiritual growth. Um, and I'm also imagining I could pick up what season each of my you know, staff members are in if I've got a team of people. And you know, it, if, if someone's in their winter season, you really don't want to be giving them summer season tasks right now. You want to have someone else do that work. Otherwise, it's just going to be frustrating for you and them. Right. So if you can get people aligned 
so that they're working on things that fit the season they're currently in in their work cycle, just think how much more productive and joyful that would be for them and how much further we can take the business. Yeah, because if you know, especially if you know someone who's working with you is is in their spring, like they're ready to do a lot of work. <laughs> mm. And that could be wasted if you didn't notice that. Exactly. You might have them have them doing some other kind of task right now. Right. So they're, they're, they may be showing up with their, you know, their work boots and all of their tools. They're like, I'm ready to work from sunup to sundown because I've got this, this fire that's ready to burn. And, you know, if, if you don't know that, there might be a lot of that extra energy that is not used to actually grow the business in a, in a positive way. Mm. And immediately I'm thinking of, well, what would it take to shift the season of my business or me or my staff? You know, I can surrender to what the season is, or maybe for various reasons, I want to change the season. Yeah. And in some cases, I mean, I'm thinking back to a client that I worked with, gosh, it was 10 years ago now. Um, There was definitely a mismatch of seasons. I mean, her, her business was in winter and I was in the spring. And as much as I tried to show my spring energy, like her, her winter business energy, like wasn't shifting. <laughs> and ultimately I wound down um, my work with her and ended up taking on work with other people. Um, and it really wasn't, I mean, there was no fault to be had And as I look back to that experience, I'm like, oh, I wanted her business to be in a different place because I was ready to do the work of of a springtime business. Mm. And my younger self was very frustrated with that because I felt like, why why can't I do anything about it? Mm. I, I'm also thinking, do cities have seasons? Do buildings have seasons? You know, and, and where I locate my business. And for some of us who are location independent, you know, we can choose what city we want to spend time in. And, and that city has different energy and it probably has its own seasons. And I, it never occurred to me that if my business is in you know, the spring season, maybe I want to be in a place that's also got the same energy. So it reinforces that. Yes. Like, for example, I'm in a spring season and my, and Lisbon is very much a spring city. Mm. So you're getting that reinforcement, but then when you come to autumn or winter, maybe that's not the best place to be for that. Right. But depending on how long my spring season goes on, I could bounce from spring city to spring city to reinforce that energy. Mm. Or just go to Mejin, which is the city of eternal spring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm. Wow, this concept of uh, feeling the seasons of your business and yourself and the different areas of your life and the places you're in is really powerful. I think it's one of the... It's something that I feel like not a lot of 
business owners are talking about. But as you and I have delved in deeply into it today, I mean, there's so much to be uncovered and so much benefit, even if you only take five or 10 minutes to ask what season am I in? What season is my business in? You can get some really inspired ideas on how to support that season, regardless of what it is. Mm. So let's circle back to, you know, looking at how to successfully navigate the unknown in our business with peace and calm. And the reason I said circle back, because you know, we talked at the beginning why knowing the seasons and energy and being aware of, of how birthing a business goes is important now because of all the chaos and change happening in technology and politics and society. And the more change there is, usually the more unknowns there are. So it seems to me at this time, it's really important to be able to navigate the unknown in our business. So tell us about that. Yeah, and I think the unknown is is mostly present in the winters and because that's the time where like all of the compost is is being it's like broken down and just sitting and especially if there's all of those ideas that are kind of sitting lying fallow waiting for okay what seeds are going to be chosen what seeds of ideas then the unknown of it can become very unwieldy, especially from an internal standpoint. Um, because the winter, the winter is when there's less activity. And so for a lot of people that can trip them up because for business owners that like to be in that state of activity, um, to allow, to allow that space of the unknown can, can feel, um, like it kind of, sets you off kilter and puts you in a place of like discomfort due to the, due to the different nature of it. Um, and so navigating the unknown is really an, it's like an, it's finding your own internal map around it. And I think this is where the intuition piece comes in again, really strongly. Um, because in the winter season, there's a lot of inner work that can be done around strengthening your faith in yourself, strengthening your own trust of the process, letting go of the outcomes and surrendering to the process and it's its own timing. Um, and it comes back to that. Like if you're standing over a seed and you're yelling at it to grow, like it's not going to grow any faster. Um, and so sometimes it feels like if we could just be more active or think our way into the answer, like maybe we could more quickly move out of that unknown period. Um, and, and I always come back to when I was in a winter period, many, well, I guess seven, seven, about seven years ago at this time, I was having a conversation with my, with my dad, who's been such a wonderful mentor to me in so many ways. And he he told me one day that the unknown is trustworthy and that has stuck with me for so many years. And it's something I share with many business owners that the unknown is trustworthy. And it's, it's often a very new concept. It's like we might be in an unknown place, but from it, like 
it will unfold in its own way and we don't have to control it. And we can trust that the outcome is going to be something that we can work with. Like we will eventually have a paddle in our hands to steer our boat. Um, And really comes down to working with our own relationship with the unknown. So whether that's, and, and different business owners work with it in different ways. So some, some people will go into a super self-nurturing self-care kind of season with lots of meditation and massages and baths and others will really hit the gym and like sweat it out and like feel the movement through like the, the physical movement. And maybe, maybe others will wander in nature and, and feel the consistency of of seasons and the hardness of a stone beneath a palm or the way the clouds float across the sky. And we never know like what clouds are going to show up and when, but we know they're just going to keep coming and going and, and the day is going to turn into night night is going to turn into day. And so there is a real strong movement that we can count on in terms of daily rhythms and seasonal rhythms. And so even if we're in a winter that feels unknown and a little bit scary and a little bit challenging, we can trust that we're not going to be in winter forever. And the seeds that we've planted are going to start to germinate. And as the seeds germinate, we're going to feel a little bit more structure and knowing and the pathway will become clear. And all we have to do is continue to show up and trust and tend to ourselves in the way that we need to sustain us through the period of the unknown itself. I I think that's wonderful. And, And even in the land that appears to be in winter forever. And I'm thinking of the Disney movie Frozen, if you've seen that, where the sister creates a land where it's eternal winter. But even there, the love of her sister and and friend melts the winter. You know, even if it seems like it's forever, you know, love and light can shift the eternal winter to spring. It's all possible. It's... Um, all possible. Yeah. And um, I love that idea of surrendering. I, I'm, I'm reading a book called The Surrender Experiment by um, Michael, and I'm forgetting his last name, but I'll put Singer. it in the show. Michael Singer, yes. So if people are resonating with the idea of using more surrender, that's something to, to consider reading. Um, and also... For, for me, um, navigating the unknown, it, it's a, a yes and surrender, trust it, and also use my intuition and, and intuition tools to feel or, or sense what, what are the possibilities here, what is more likely to occur, and, and, and then I can, it makes it easier for me to trust the unknown when I have a kind of map of what the unknown is, which kind of, I know that's paradoxical, the idea of having a map of something that's unknown. Um, but I think that's what our intuition and the psychic tools that we can use in our businesses can provide to us. Yeah, even if we are in a place where there's a lot that's unknown, we can get, we can get pieces that start to build out that structure and 
the next steps. I remember very clearly several years ago, again, when I was in a, a winter state walking, I was walking um, close to my house and it was almost like from a psychic standpoint, I felt like there was fog all around me. Um, but my feet felt so sure on the ground. And so just this combination of like not knowing and yet knowing at the same time and trusting that when I turn within, I will find that next step. Mm. And, and we don't have to, to necessarily know every detail in order to, to figure out to take a next step and what direction to do it in. Um, I was hearing the story of a very successful business investor who made million-dollar deals buying businesses. Um, and he often would get intuitive messages from pigeons. You know, that was one of his totem animals. And he was on the 23rd floor of a skyscraper talking with this company. And usually his method was he would, you know, sleep on the deal for 48 hours. You know, he'd take a break and see if there was any intuition he got on whether he should proceed with the deal. And in this case, the company said, look, this is take it or leave it. You need to decide right now in this room uh, whether you're going to take it. So he turns to the window to contemplate whether he's going to say yes to this deal, which looked amazing on paper. Right, the numbers all looked great. Everything was go, go, go. And the moment he turned to the window, this pigeon flew into the window on the twenty-third floor of the skyscraper, knocks itself out. And he took it as a sign that. And I'm sorry about the pigeon knocking itself out, but you don't usually see pigeons on the twenty-third floor. I just want to point out. So it's a bit of an unusual coincidence. Anyway, he took it as a sign that this deal shouldn't go forward for him. So he said, no, he turned around and said, "No, I'm not taking it." Well, they went to someone else who who like followed their rational mind and just picked up the deal. And a week later, they discovered there was a bunch of fraud and that the numbers were false and that people had been embezzling in the company. And he was so glad he just listened to his intuition. Oh my gosh. What a story. That's incredible. So even though he didn't know what was wrong, he picked up something that made him take the step in the correct direction there. So... Amazing stuff. Anyway, I have really enjoyed talking with Justine. If How would people find you if they wanted to learn more? So you can find me online at justinesparks.com. That's my website. And I'm also on Instagram at justine.sparks. Those two are, are the best places. And from there, you'll be able to find my Facebook link, which is my last name. And I'm not going to well, I will spell it for you in case you're interested. So it's justine.p-a-t-t-a-n-t-y-u-s. Uh, I think we'll probably pop that link in the show notes to make it, <laughs> to make it easy for folks. Um, but yeah, justinesparks.com is the best way. Yes, we will put all of those uh, resources in the show notes together with the books uh, that we mentioned and some of the amazing um, quotes that you said um, from yourself so people can find those easily. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. It's been such a pleasure to discuss and contemplate the seasons of business and, and how they can really help us grow and enjoy our lives with greater ease and joy and profit.
and I'm probably butchering your quote <laughs> from that perspective, but I really like the way that you frame that because I think it's such, they're such important things to stay cognizant of as we go throughout our, our lives and our businesses. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?